Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Baer's Moving Markets podcast. It's Monday, the 13th of November, and my name is Helen Freer. On today's show, I'll be talking about the latest market news with Mike Rauber, and then I'll be speaking to Menzor Pochinci, our head of technical analysis. So I'm looking forward to getting his latest thoughts on the markets as well. But first up is Mike. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Helen. Let's start then with what happened on Friday. Um, the European Central Bank President Christine Lagarde said that interest rates needed to stay high. Can you give us a bit more colour here on what she said? Yes, she said that the Eurozone deposit rate of 4% should be sufficient to bring inflation down to the 2% target and that the ECB does not plan to cut rates for at least the next two quarters. Unless, and she also mentioned, of course, there are major external shocks. Specifically, she singled out higher oil prices that could lead to higher inflationary expectations. But of course, uh, one could also imagine a shock to the system that pushes growth down and brings the need to cut rates, even if that is not on the radar today. And I think that just shows the challenges that the ECB faces at the moment. And there was some weakness in European shares on Friday after Thursday's down day in the US. What can you tell us about this? So in addition to Thursday's US performance spilling over into Europe, uh, Helen, as you mentioned, we also saw some sector-specific moves. And I'd like to single out the drinks and luxury uh, industries. They slumped, led by a profit downgrade from the spirits maker Diageo, and a warning from Richemont that luxury prices won't rise for the next two years after central banks have raised borrowing costs. Okay, um, turning to the US then, and there we got some data that just shows the challenges the US central bank is facing, right? Yes, so a University of Michigan consumer survey showed concerns about growth and inflation. Uh, in terms of data, consumers' long-term inflation expectations rose to a 12-year high of 3.2% per year, which would imply that interest rates will have to stay high for longer to bring inflation down. But then, Helen, the survey also showed that more than a third of respondents, and that's the highest since 1982, said that tight credit conditions were making it very difficult to buy durable goods or a home. And in some ways, the difficulty of buying a home should not be surprising given that the benchmark 30-year mortgage rate is around 8% in the US, and so around levels we saw last in the year 2000. And uh, so this really raises the question of whether these high rates are sustainable. Okay, and I'll just say here that we actually have a webcast coming up this Thursday at 10 o'clock in English and 1pm in German on the topic of Are Higher Rates Here For Longer?, uh, you can find all the details for these under Julius Bear on LinkedIn for anyone wishing to listen in. Sounds like a really timely event to me. Yeah, I think it should be really interesting. Back to the market action. I see after some nervousness on Thursday, the US equity rally resumed on Friday. Yes, so they extended their November rally with the S&P 500 up 1.6%. All sectors were higher but once again, large cap tech giants were among the strongest performers. So Microsoft did hit a record high and NVIDIA extended its gain into an eighth session. Uh, also helping market was a relatively quiet session for bonds 
and no major surprise from Federal Reserve speakers. I also saw, though, that after the market closed in the US on Friday, Moody's put the US credit rating on negative watch, but affirmed it at triple A. What can you tell us about this? Yeah, just briefly, Moody cited concerns that the US fiscal strength may no longer be fully matched by its credit strengths, especially if there are no effective measures to rein in fiscal spending. However, there does not seem to be too much concern in the bond market, at least as what I can gather from it, as US Treasury yields are slightly lower this Monday morning. And any other notable moves from last week to mention, Mike? Yes, yeah, so while oil had already lost its conflict premium in recent weeks, gold was still trading near $2,000 an ounce at the start of last week. But with no geographical expansion of the conflict in the Middle East, gold moved more than $50 lower last week, and it is starting now this week at $1,950 an ounce. And what about in Asia today? What can you report there? Asian equity markets gave up earlier gains and are starting the week broadly flat. The Japanese yen sank to 151.75 against the US dollar. Uh, And I mentioned this specific level because it is not far from the cyclical high of October 2022. This comes as producer prices this morning were reported to have fallen 0.4% last month, whilst economists expected these to stay unchanged. Of course, this chips away from the argument of those expecting interest rate normalization anytime soon in Japan. And let's look ahead to this week quickly. Uh, What's coming up, Mike? So one highlight certainly will be the meeting between President Biden and his Chinese counterpart, Xi Jinping, on Wednesday. Opening up military communications between the two countries is said to be a key U.S. objective. But there are also reports this morning that China is considering ending a freeze on the purchase of Boeing aircrafts. And what can we expect in terms of data this week? So, of course, it's still uh, earnings that are being released, and it is also a really packed economic agenda. So just trying to pick the major ones on Tuesday, U.S. inflation and Eurozone Q3 GDP data. And on Wednesday, China retail sales, Japan Q3 GDP and UK inflation data will be out. And that's all from me, Helen. Excellent. Thank you very much, Mike. A good roundup of the news to start the week. Thank you, Helen. Now, Menzo, good morning and welcome to the podcast. Good morning, Helen. So equities were a bit mixed last week, but the month-to-date figures are in the green for all the major equity market indices. Um, Have we seen the start of the year-end rally, do you think, Menzo? Yes, uh, we think so. We have seen the start of the year-end rally. Uh, What is the reason why we think this? Uh, Basically, the main reason is uh, the broad-based advance, as you mentioned, So this is a good indication that there is broad-based demand for equities. And so when we look, for example, at the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ 100, both um, signaled a buying thrust, meaning that more than 90% of their stocks went into a short-term uptrend. And we saw something very similar in Europe. Historically, uh, these are bullish signs and they become even more bullish when many indices uh, signal them together. So we really have here some signs that uh, a year-end rally has started and most likely equities should continue to rally into the year-end. Okay, Um, on to fixed income. So for 25 weeks, the 10-year US Treasury bond yield was above its 10-week moving average. But then last week, we saw it fall below this level. 
What does this mean, do you think, about where yields are heading from here? Well, basically, it indicates to you that it is, uh, first of all, the second longest uptrend in rising interest rates since 1981. So it has been quite a strong run. And we think at least a pause is likely. So most likely over the next couple of weeks, we will see a trading range in US interest rates. And this should be, of course, a boost to risky assets. Um, of course, we have to see later, at a later stage, if maybe a larger peak in interest rates can be confirmed. What we can say nevertheless is that interest rates in Europe have already flattened ahead of the US interest rates. Okay, and one last question on oil. Um, we saw oil prices initially jump up after the conflict in the Middle East broke out, but since then they've come down again. What are your thoughts here on the latest price moves we've seen? Well, uh, when we look at the pattern from a technical point of view, basically it looks like it was a huge trap. The breakout at 90 US dollars and we are now back in the old trading range. So most likely crude oil will retest at least its lows of the summer around 70 US dollar. So this means that most likely the decline from the 2022 peak is not over. And it would basically imply that uh, from the peak to $70, it's a decline of almost 50%. Going one step further, looking at um, the equity market, we see that oil and gas stocks are performing in line with the overall market. We have to wait there to see if uh, they will be affected negatively by declining um, oil prices, which is not the case as of now. Um, and uh, in the fixed income market, we have still this very interesting pattern that U.S. high yield bonds continue to outperform U.S. treasury bonds. So uh, definitely from the fixed income market, we see that the lower crude oil prices are not hurting the confidence of investors in the U.S. high yield market. Great. Thanks very much, Menzo. Good to get an update from you this morning. Thank you, Helen. So that is all for today. Thank you again to my guests and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. We'd love to hear your feedback. And do join us again tomorrow when I'll be back and talking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets. Have a great start to the week, everyone, and bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.